On today's show, we talk to a young mom whose husband is struggling with depression and she doesn't know what to do. We talk to a dad who's trying to teach body positivity to his young daughters. And we talk to a guy who's running a family business and everybody's leaving and he's taking it personally. Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show via The Truman Show. Hope you're doing well. Hope your families are okay. Hope you're okay. Hope you're better than okay. So glad you're with us on today's show where we talk about mental health, wellness, making good choices, being on time. That's some inside baseball. Here's today so far. I uh, got up this morning. It was frosty outside, like the snowman. Went outside, turned the car on so it would warm up. Then I went to get in it. And I had a flat tire. So great. And so then I had to get my wife's race Prius, the Prius, the, the race Prius, and warm it up. I'm about to, because that's what I was born to do, like crisscross. And then I got to work, L-A-T-E. And when you have a radio show, it's not great because then it starts. And then I got here, I didn't have a wedding ring, but I have a backup one in my bag. It's one of those days. So I feel like, James, you should sing a song, kind of control-alt-delete, and then we can get going. I just want to applaud you for, you, you texted and said you're running late, but you didn't give an excuse, which was very valid, that you had a flat tire. So I put flat tire for, in there, didn't I? No, you just said running late. Oh, I thought I for sure said why, because I want to be like, I'm not just being late this time. Well, I didn't give you crap, so we're all even. <laughs> I don't know how I came up on top of that one, but that's awesome. 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 I'll take it. So... We're going to slap it up, flip it, reverse it, get our heads in whatever right. All right, let's go to Jessica in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. What's up, Jessica? How are you? Hey, Dr. John. I'm doing pretty good. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm good. That sounds fantastic. We, uh, inside of baseball, we had some uh, phone line issues probably on our part, and so now we are squared up, and you sound like a human. That's awesome, Jessica. Okay, yes, so you're filling me in. You've got some chaos in your house. What's going on? Yeah, so eight weeks ago, I had twin girls, and um, just a lot of changes there. And my husband's been struggling, so I'm just trying to see how I can help him out with this. Very cool. So walk me through. One, congratulations on having two twin girls. And you've got two other kids, right? So you got a total of four? Yeah, four girls. And the oldest one is how old? Six. Wow. Okay, so people email me all the time on the internet, or they they slide into my DMs, and they tell me that I say the words, um, you're in it too much, and so I won't say that, but you are super in it, man. Wow. Okay, four, six yeah. and under. That's a lot. Okay, so how's your husband struggling? Well, just we've had a lot of changes going on this year with the pandemic, and we had deaths in the family of our oh, grandparents. Man. Um, the move, we moved in the summer. Where'd you move from? New like area. a new state or a new town? Just a new town. Okay. Yeah, we moved um, just about an hour away from where we were living. Okay. Oh, man, I've got a whole thing about that. Um, okay, so when you say he's struggling, what does that look like? Just dealing with some depression, like just anxiety, um, fear of you know supplying uh, for us. For the family financially, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a lot of doubts and worthlessness, feeling, you know, not worthy worthy or 
um, just feeling like he's not doing a good job. Gotcha. Where, um, where does he get that message from? Mostly himself, okay. <laughs> I feel like, or, um, you know, it's just thoughts that are being put into his head or attacks on him that um, are coming from, you know, things that think they're going to happen, but then they don't end up happening. Um, Meaning like people people are going to offer him a job and then they don't come through? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He has a business that he started, so he'll have a plan and then it won't, you know, follow through and he just gets really discouraged. Why, um, why'd y'all move? We just felt the Lord calling us to this area, um, specifically. What does that mean? When you say the Lord calls us, like, what does that mean? We felt a really strong pull to this area. It's, it's a prayer, um, it's called prayer mountain and we have some land here, okay. um, and so we have some family that live here, but we just felt that the Lord was trying to get us out of the, the city life and more into the country life with, you know, land and an and area where we could raise our children, mm-hmm. um, we could hunt, we could, you know, be ourselves, um, mm-hmm. we could just be more free to be us and not have to live under that city type of lifestyle where we're, you know, always dealing with loud neighbors or, uh, you know, things going on that we don't believe in. Um, my, so. my coyotes are pretty loud neighbors too, but I get what you're saying. So, yeah. um, is there, I have some ideas, but I, I want to get a sense of what you're living with. Um, mm-hmm. you've got these two little babies and twins are, a lot. And you've got two other little ones who now were the center of the universe and now they are understandably having to wipe their own bottoms and they don't like that. And yeah. a lot of this, I'm guessing, because you got a, somebody who just is trying to start a new business in a new little community, a lot of that falls on you. And now you are also having a weird task of propping up a depressed husband. Walk mm-hmm. me through what that feels like. It's just, it feels hard. It feels like, you know, I'm taking this day by day, um, just trying to make it through the day or, mm-hmm. you know, make it through the end of the week. Or, um, But I also feel like I'm not doing a good enough job or being, you know, a good enough spouse mm-hmm. um, for him. Like I'm doing my job by raising the children, you know, taking care of the babies, feeding them, changing them, all those things that come with the responsibility of being a mother. But also, first and foremost, you know, your relationship with your spouse has to be has to be top priority. And you have to make sure that you're you're on the same level with your spouse and putting them first. What what's something is different now and it's making you nervous. What is it? There's something, there's something below what you're telling me is what I'm getting at. There's something else. Yeah. <clears throat> that this is all new to me. Like okay. this is all a change. Yeah. It's a big, um, it's a big change. And we had full-time jobs. We both worked full-time mm-hmm. at our old, um, where we lived and things were comfortable. Yeah. Um, but now things are not so comfortable gotcha. and the future looks kind of, you know, Wishwashy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and it looks wishwashy. And your husband thinks he's failing because he's not making enough money. Um, 
because people, he can't count on people because he thought this move to the country was going to heal everything. And we're, it was all going to, like, what, what does he feel like he's missing? Or all yeah, of it? Uh, it's just a lot of <clears throat> like pressure. Um, he, he had this job that he did for somebody in their house mm-hmm. and now they've come back and they're not happy or they, this is falling apart or this, this way. Sure. And he just feels, you know, like he's not doing a good job. Um, yeah. Is, is, is it honest like, to say that he didn't do a good job on that one? No, that's not true. Okay. Okay. Anything he touches turns to, to gold. You know, he's very sure. crafts, craftsman. Okay. Uh, very crafty. So, so, yeah, it's it's just, so let me, it's, it's hard. Let me back mm-hmm. all the way out. Sure, here's a couple of things I want you all to hmm, keep in your mind. And some things you all can do to kind of not get through this season, but to make this season something really powerful and important. And yeah. this touches close to home for me because I just went through this about a year ago, moving from yeah. downtown, downtown. I mean, it was bustling. It was awesome. We were walking everywhere. The city was always going to now we live on some acres out in like the woods, woods, um, yeah. like coyotes running across the yard woods. Yeah. Um, right. I, I hear this a lot from people who make this transition that they think whenever I get there, wherever there is, finally things will be okay. Mm-hmm. And I will be a little less anxious about the state of the economy and I'll be a little less anxious about supply chain issues and I'll be a little less worried about COVID and I'll finally get out of these dumb schools because then I'll be able to whatever. And if mm-hmm. we we play one side of that equation over and over and we tell ourselves the story. We tell ourselves the story. We tell ourselves the story. And then every single thing we see backs up our story that we tell ourselves. Every, we forget the 50 emails that are positive that the school sends and they send the one that makes us crazy. And we go, see, and we start looking everywhere for data points that are going to back up our story. And then we move. And some people, and this also works if you're going in reverse. This this is if you're going to break up with somebody and get somebody new, or you're cheating on your spouse. Whatever the thing is, we think that when we get over there, wherever there is, finally things will be okay. And the worst part about any sort of transition is that you go with you. And if you were anxious when you lived in a city, you're going to be super anxious when you're living out in the middle of the country. And if you mm-hmm. were didn't like customer interaction, you're really good with your hands and you didn't like customer interaction in your old job and you can't wait to just do it on your own. Well, on your own, it's all customer interaction. You know what I mean? So we miss the good parts. We miss the tough parts. We, that we just look for the parts that, that validate our story. Um, yeah. The second thing that I underestimated is it's lonely out in the country. It's lonely. Yeah. And I yeah. had neighbors. I didn't even like them all, but I had them. <laughs> Right. And there, I had one neighbor, dogs are always barking, barking, barking. They drove me crazy. Now it's just silence. And their silence was awesome for a few months. And I kind of missed the dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a both yeah. and. Um, but I got really, yeah. really lonely. Um, and then there's this weird thing about moving an hour away. And here's my yeah. little hypothesis about this. There's no research to back this up. I think moving an hour away or 45 minutes away is really hard. Because you tell yourself that things will mostly be the same. We can still come visit them. We'll still go to this restaurant. We'll still go see these people. 
because it's just an hour away. And you don't realize there's no chance you're doing that. And if you move 10 hours away, you have to pack up and move to a new place. But you kind of stretch it out when you move an hour away. Is that fair? Right. Yes. It's like this. It'll be both and, and it's just not. And I don't know. You get you get this 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 middle space here. So here's. I'll just say what me and my wife have had to do. Okay. Um, Okay. One. Have you called out his depression? Yes. And what does he say to that? That he just doesn't feel like it's something that he could talk to somebody about. you know, it's not becoming of a man to to talk about his feelings <laughs> kind of thing. And what I will tell you is it's not becoming of a man to melt your wife. And it's not becoming of a man to starve his four daughters of connection. And it's not becoming of a man to be in a home and not present. Mm-hmm. And so the most manly thing he could do would be to go take care of himself. Yeah. And I'd love for him to call me. Because I'll take him to task over that nonsense. The most manly thing he could do is take care of himself. And I work with Navy SEALs behind closed doors. I mean, I work with some folks behind closed doors. And the baddest of the bad. And they take care of themselves. Okay? So here's here's what y'all have to do that I don't think you have. Y'all need to have some sort of... And I know it's almost impossible with two eight-week-olds or eight-month-olds. You have to get away, even if for two hours, and do a here's where we are now conversation. It sounds like y'all ran to a new world, and you didn't stop. You just kept – life kept going, and it kept going, and it's still trying to just keep going. But everything has changed. And so if you were in – if you were a Navy SEAL and you had a mission and you went out on that mission and all of a sudden your lead Humvees blew up and you found yourself in another, you have to stop for a second and say, okay, our objective now is different. It was to go get the bad guys. Now it's to just get home. And our, everything's changed. Y'all have to have that yeah. conversation. And that will look like this. Getting out some paper and writing down, here's all the things that I miss about our old house. Here's all the things I'm so glad that we're away from. Here is where I feel like I'm failing. Here's where I think I'm doing good. You got to put all that on paper and get it out of each other's heads. And now there's this, there's this tension between each other because you don't know how to lean into him. And because it's, I don't know, it's like a little bit reactory or it's a little bit like putting your hand in quicksand. And then he feels that you're not there. And then he feels like he's failing. And this thing just loops on itself, right? And now you are starting to wonder, what am I doing wrong as a wife? And <laughs> like I should be able to say the right thing that's going to snap him out of all of this. And he should be saying, I shouldn't have a depressed wife. It's my fault. And now y'all end up way far apart. So somebody's got to just say, hey, we got to acknowledge this, call it out, write down what sucks about this new season, what we miss, what we love. And you've got to start modeling. The only thing you can do here, you can't fix him. Let me put it that way. You've got to start modeling. Yeah. I'm taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And if that means I'm yeah. going to get a babysitter that we can't even afford because I'm going to go see a counselor, I'm going to go talk to a pastor that I trust, whatever that looks like, I'm going to go do that. And here's the thing that I hope this isn't controversial. Good grief. Who never knows with the internets? <laughs> the reason I, I wanted you to dig in a little bit on this phrase, God's calling us. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot all over the country. 
And yeah. two things happen. One, people make big, crazy life moves and they say, God told us to. And they don't take ownership of the fact that we really wanted to move. We wanted to get out of there. And when we can say God's telling us to, or some, some big universe is calling us, whatever that means, we often don't do the planning required. Do we have enough money? Do we have a plan? Do we have any sort of income? Are we going to be able to pay the light bill? And not to say that, um, you know, faith is, uh, obviously faith's important, but we don't do the planning. And then when we show up somewhere and it's uncomfortable, it melts everything. It melts our relationships. It melts faith. It melts everything. And so I have, I have no doubt. I, I'm never going to get between you and your faith ever. But I want you to have faith and plan. Like have faith and make really sound financial decisions and relational decisions. What does that mean? He's trying to get a business off the ground. He may have to deliver pizzas at night in this new community. He may have to mow lawns and cut down trees too for a season. And that's not going to feel like, quote unquote, I got called to this thing where I'm grinding. But that may be the season you're in because we got to pay bills. And that's where you're going to get these little wins and begin to get our feet underneath us. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. The big thing is don't just let all of this change run over you and just try to get to the next thing. Y'all got to stop and acknowledge everything. You got to grieve it. We missed this stuff. We made a big move. This is our new world. And now we can build a new plan moving forward. And that's so, so hard. And what's going to be really hard for you, you're so, you're so great. What's going to be hard for you is you can't fix them and you can't help them. I mean, you can help him, you can love him, you can connect, but you can't fix him. He has to make some decisions about him being well, about him going to maybe let this dream die for a minute or do this dream on the side because he's got to make some money. Or maybe he had these dreams of a big house and he's going to have to have a small house for the next decade and and fill in the blank. We have to be honest about those things. And he's going to have to make the hard choice to change his thoughts and to change his actions and be disciplined in taking care of himself and his relationships. And that's hard. And so I hope he sees this. I want to tell you, brother, you are worth being well. You're worth taking care of yourself. And I don't hear any more nonsense about what's unbecoming of a man. All of that is nonsense. The most becoming thing is taking care of yourself and being well. If you're not okay, you're not okay, man. I've been there. Every guy I know has been there. The courageous thing is, the brave thing is, are we going to be vulnerable and go get help? That's the question. Jessica, he's lucky to have you. Y'all get away and start grieving, and then we'll start get, and then we'll get to making plans in the future. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Delona Show. It seems like everybody's talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new home buyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades. And their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. Apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead. 
Take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. All right, let's go out to Phoenix, Arizona and talk to Jacob. What is up, brother Jacob? How we doing, man? I'm doing so good, John. How you doing? Doing outstanding. And your phone sounds great this time. We're having all kinds of technical difficulties. So good with it. That's probably because I had a flat tire this morning, all of it. All right, Thank so what's up, brother? So How can I help, man? So ultimately my question, I'm going to give you some examples, but my question is going to be, in, are we putting, me and my wife, are we putting too much on our kids um, as far as trying to give them life experience? And should we just be kind of letting them run free, worry-free a little more? Um, this, You were talking about treating people like dogs the other day, assuming that, they have a bad past and that's why they're having a rough time. So our daughter came to us and her, she was having a bad day. Some kid at school was mean to her. Okay. And we tell her, you know, maybe, um, maybe his parents are mean to him. Like maybe that's why he's mean to you. And he's just, he's scared. So he's acting like that. She comes home the next day and she's like, I told him that his mom is mean. And he said, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> and well, okay. Um, another example, we've always been pretty direct about body parts. We, you know, what they're really called, stuff like that. Um, because we figured kids at school are going to tell her, we want to be the ones to tell her. And then we realized she's the one at school telling the other kids, um, because we told her. Right. And, um, so, and I have, I have other examples, but I just like, are we, okay. One more example. We're at the park the other day. This is recent. Um, there's a there's a guy who's definitely having a psychotic episode and and I work in mental health um and he's he's completely off and we um so we got to a safe place and I called the police um but then we sat down and we told like hey look at look at what's going on and and I talked to him about that there's there's bad drugs you can put in your body that will really hurt you and this is what it could look like cuz I wanted to I wanted him to have some context for it, not just see this guy going out of his mind. Yeah. Um, how, how old is? How old are your kids? Seven-year-old, five-year-old, and a two-year-old. They're all girls. So obviously, okay. the two-year-old, we're not, we're not like putting any of this on. Right, right. So, number one, I want to applaud your heart, dude. Like the idea that you want to walk with your kids through the world is such a gift. That's awesome. Um, having body positivity is awesome. 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 Um, all that, man, it's good, man. It's so good. Here's, here's an important thing to understand about a seven-year-old and a five-year-old is they are more emotion than they are context. Yeah. And they're more feeling than they are context. Meaning when your daughter comes to you and says, a boy is being mean at school you and I, our default is I want to provide the explanation. There is a sound in the engine and I want to open up the glove compartment, pull out the little box, the little, you know, the manual and find out what the noise is. And then I want to explain what's going on there. What a seven-year-old is asking for when she says that boy was mean is, am I still pretty? Daddy, do you love me? Mm. And so whenever I jump to, or whenever you jump to, well, he's doing this because of this. 
What that does is that squashes how she feels and gives her a, a explanation for her feeling. It gives her a fix for her feeling. And what a seven-year-old wants is validation and connection. That's actually what a 37-year-old wants too. So my guess is your wife may come home and say, today was sucked at work, it was so hard, whatever. And your response might be, well, that's just because you said this. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like- Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? And yeah. and is that true? Yeah, it's true. Is that kid's mom probably pretty ugly to her? Possibly. That's not the question. That's That wasn't the the- the entry point for your daughter. And so okay. um, when, what I, what I try to do with my kids, what I recommend people do with their kids is answer the question before them, not try to answer questions that aren't being asked. Okay. And so when your daughter tells you this thing, she's not asking a question on why is that boy being mean to me? She's asking, do you still love me, dad? Am I pretty? Do I have weird hair? Or whatever that boy said. That's what she's asking. Will you protect me? Not why is he being mean to me? Does that, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And, oh, um, it hits home because it was, uh, I'm seeing it in my five-year-old. Tell me about that. Oh, it's, um, so I work in, uh, I'm a nurse, and I'm, and I'm working in mental health right now, and uh, and I'm going into um, I'm working on my nurse practitioner for mental health. Yeah. So I see I see all this. I see all this. Yeah. Stuff kids go through, and my five year old is um. It's like I know. Oh, man. Take a breath, brother. You're good. Take a breath. 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 You're good. I know we're good parents. Dude, you're incredible. Um, I can tell right now you're incredible parents. Yes. My five-year-old, it's like, if anything, if anything is just a hair off, it's like she's got this radar mm-hmm. and it's just being, and she'll just run over to you. So like grab you, give you a hug. So she'll tickle you, try to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's, man, she's so sensitive yeah. to any, um, any even negative vibe and we have a me and my wife we don't fight like we we love each other so much and i really think we have a good home we're not perfect we get frustrated but it's like i see i see that that she maybe needs to know in a different way and maybe needs to know more that that we love her. I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't think, I don't, th- I think she knows you love her. There's no question about that. I think there is a possibility. And again, I don't know your home, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm just some clown on the radio, but my guess is your five-year-old would benefit from less facts and more touch. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a moment when a parent, my son is very similar to your daughter. I have to be careful after a long, hard week. Like right now, dude, I am cooked just tired like it's been a long season i'm exhausted and we're coming up on the holidays thank thank goodness i have to be careful that i don't lean on my son for support because he's 11 that's not his job yeah and his hugs he feels it when i come in and he will come find me and he'll say things like i'm so glad you're my dad 
Yeah. And he gets that from me because I tell him every single day of his life, of all the people in the world, God picked me to be your dad. And I'm so grateful for that. I let him know that. And now he's learned that language. But now he realize, he feels dad's tired or he sees it on me or dad's anxious or dad's cook, burnt out. And he knows, oh, dad loves hugs. And suddenly he takes it on his responsibility to prop dad up. And that's where that's a problem. I've got to be propped up by people my age, by a counselor, by my wife. But you know what I mean? Not by my kid. And it's just hard because I love his hugs, man. And I love his heart. Now, my daughter, she's just like, Dad, you're annoying. Get out of here. So she just destroys me. But um, but he's very similar that way. I, You're not doing it, – it's not a matter of you're doing something wrong. I think it's just a matter of getting a new tool in the toolbox. So going to yeah. the park, I think what a kid needs to know is that guy's not is not well. He's sick. Right. He's hurting. Right. The details over what happens there, like let's let's turn this into a life lesson right now. Imagine you are driving and your car has just lost control. That isn't the moment to be like, well, honey, you shouldn't have been driving. I mean, because you're about to hit the guardrail, right? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. when you reach over and just grab her hand. Yeah. That because and when your daughter's at a park and somebody's having a psychotic break, every system in their body goes haywire right that's not the moment for the teaching moment in a year from now or two years from now when she says hey dad what are drugs now we're in a safe place she she's not in her limbic system she's in her frontal she's able to hear and learn and then you can point back do you remember when um that man at the park now we can have a teaching moment but in that moment with at the park what your daughter's begging for is the, the answer to the question, are we safe? Am I okay? Yeah, and okay. you are holding her hand. You have made the phone call. You know how to intervene with this man if you need to. That's all she needs because she's not hearing anything else other than am I okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? And I try to – I do – I overteach too. And I, I – like you, you're a nurse practitioner. You live in this stuff and you see every day what the end result of some of these – early life choices or some of this early life trauma that people go through. Who knows what hell that man's been through? Right. And in his life, my guess is drugs make a lot of sense for the trauma this guy's endured. And so you and I experience these things in our jobs and then we want to go like, <laughs> we want to reverse engineer and teach everybody the, the right, the, like the, here's the right path because I know for what happened. Sure. And a five-year-old can't hear that. Now, the separate thing is, I want to get to this because this makes me love you and your wife. It was in grad school that I had a professor and Dr. Marbley, she said, I want everyone in this room to say penis and vagina over <laughs> and over again. And she was like, say it again. And the whole, I mean, there's all like a room full of 20 adults going penis. And then she'd say again. And it'd be like, and everyone's laughing and giggling. And then she called everybody out. She said, if you can't say body part names without getting flushed or red, if you can't say oral sex without your, like, <gasps> if you can't do that, you cannot work in the lives of other people. And you should not be a parent. And it was a, the whole room got real quiet. And it was yeah. 100% true. And so we have a generation of human whose parents called it TT or 
your little your little woo woo or whatever the thing is, or they worse they said nothing, they said nothing. Or when their kids came in and they had you know like a tick, and they're like, hey, will you look at this? Mom got all red, and Dad was like, oh. It, they just learned this part of my body is gross or unsightly, or we don't talk about this. And so just <laughs> just being able to talk about body parts with your children is not gross or weird. And you are one of the few parents that are turning this thing around, this body positivity. Yeah, dude, that's your vagina. That's your penis, man. You have one. I have one too. Everyone here has one. And man, I'm in, in the lobby. And so, like, I'm in a public, like, the radio show has got a lobby out here. And you should see everyone in the lobby just looking, being like, wow, how many times is he going to say penis? A bunch. I'm going to say it a bunch. Your professor would be proud of you. She, you hey, really, she you nailed it. She would. But there's a way to just, we got to have these conversations. you got to be able to talk about sex in front of your kids. you got to be able to talk about body parts in front of your kids. Now, here's the magic. I'll tell you what happens at my house. I love fart jokes. And I love diarrhea jokes. I love all... Bathroom humor, body, I just love those. I think they're funny. I thought Tommy Boy's hilarious. My wife did not think that movie was funny at all. I think all the Happy Gilmore movies are hilarious. My wife doesn't. So it's, uh, I, when I had a little boy, all of my, my life was made complete. Sure. Because I got someone to share in my immature humor with me all the time. And now my daughter's the same. So my wife at some point said, John, not at the table. Not at the dinner table. Like, enough. And so now my son, I'll make a joke, and the whole family will be like, not at the table, Dad. And here's, underneath all that is time and place. So when it comes to using body positive, yes. And saying, these are private parts, and we talk about this here at home with mom and dad. We, the same as only mom and dad are allowed to see your private parts, your mom and dad are a doctor when mom and dad is in the room. And this is all just common language. And like, this is no, I'm not getting flushed. My heart rate isn't going up and down. This is just regular language, just regular talk. They feel that on us. When every time dad comes to help me in the shower, does he look all weird? Does he avert his eyes from my little body? Is he uncomfortable? Whenever I have a tick on, you know, on my testicles, does my dad go, (gasps) or does he just like approach it as though I've got a cut on my toe? You know, you know what I mean? It's so they pick up that from us, and then it's very fair. It's appropriate. It's important to say we don't talk about that at school. We don't talk about our private parts at school. That's between conversations here. And so it's both and. How does that yeah. land with you guys? It's, it's good, and it helps. It, I mean, it clarifies. I, I mean, I feel more comfortable with the, the body language talk, and I feel like we're on the right page with that, but. Um, you really, you really gut punched me with the. They want to know that they're safe. They don't want to know facts in that in that moment. Gotcha. So that was good. If was they good. want to know facts, there's I'm a there. difference between that man's a drug addict and he's got this and this and this and this and this versus that man's sick. Right. And as right. we get older, you know the the the. Now my son's 11. I explain much more to him now, and then when he's 16, I'll explain much much more to him, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, let's answer the questions they're asking. But dude, hey, you're doing a great job, man. You and your wife, y'all should high-five each other. And if you've been a nurse the last 24 months, you're probably exhausted, brother. Probably exhausted. And I just want to let you know, I can't let you get off the phone without telling you, you're worth being well too, man. 
you're worth being well too. We'll be right back on the Dr. John DeWine Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on and you find yourself wondering, what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes? Can you even imagine? And it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life. Everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving our lives, and we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything. And it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, commitments, and your own self-worth. And that can be in relationships with your friends, people at work, your significant other, or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself. Therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's take one more. Let's go to Jace in Columbia, Missouri. What's up, Jace? Hey, how are you doing? Remarkable, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. Cool. So what's up, dude? So um, I am the general manager of a 40-year-old family carpet cleaning business. Um, I'm third generation, and it's what I've wanted to do my entire life, as long as I can remember. It's so cool, man. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been back as the general manager for the last, I guess, four years in January. And I'm going through a season where it feels like everyone is leaving. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. One guy I was pretty close with um, a couple weeks ago left with two days notice. Um, Why? Uh, he said it was money. Mm-hmm. Um, that were kind of seasonal, but it's been something that I've been working on since I've been back. Yep. Um, didn't give me a lot of explanation, but when he told me I was more in shock mode than I was to like try and dissect it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Who else another, is um, no one's, he's the only one that's left so far. There's another one that uh, is told or uh, intends to leave in the next month or so. I once again, citing uh, money or more consistent hours, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I've heard murmurs and rumors, um, from one of the guys that's been with us for 26 years, um, about some of the other guys that have been talking about not being around in the, in the next like couple of quarters, probably. So in a, in a family business, something you've wanted to do your whole life, this feels real personal, doesn't it? Yeah. They're not quitting Um, a job for a dollar an hour. They're leaving, like, they're leaving you. Yeah, there's been some of that, yeah. I want to tell you, I'm glad this is keeping you up. That means you're a good leader. That means your heart's in the right place, so good for you. It's good. If you were like, well, screw you, I'll go, then I would tell you, you probably shouldn't be leading people. So the fact that this is sitting in your soul and it, it hurts a little bit, that's good. I'm glad that's happening. 
Okay. I'm not, I'm not happy for your discomfort, but I'm glad that that's your disposition. You care about this thing. And so a couple of things I want you to think about. One is facts are your friends. Are they right? And anytime somebody says, I'm, I don't want to be around you because you're a jerk. Or whenever we have team meetings and James says, when you are late, John, here's how this affects everybody else. Uh, first thing I have to ask is, is he right? And he is. He's right. And so when you hear people saying about money this and money that, are they right? Have they gotten disconnected from the family mission, which is we are helping people. We're not just cleaning carpets. We are taking care of people. Have you taken this guy that, that you were close to that just quit on two days notice? There's something else going on there because friends, I mean, connected people don't do that to each other. And so, have you taken him out for coffee just or grab a beer and be like, all right, so you're gone. Cool. We're cool. Tell me like what really is going on. Cause that's not something people do. Even jerks give two weeks notice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you, what, what are the facts here? Are, do they have a point? Is what they're saying true? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked to him much since, since he left and that's probably, a misstep on me. I just, I don't know. Had, I mean, it's, yeah. it's new. It's grief. Yeah. I mean, the, make mm-hmm. the next right step. Right. I mean, don't, don't yeah. go backwards. Just make the next right step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they're, they're, I don't, I think a lot of the guys that work for us and, and being service industry, they, they see the world through a very short term lens. So yep. we are very seasonal. Okay. Um, so we're working a lot of our work is in the summertime. So they're working, I mean, some of them are working 60 hours a week for a short period of time. And like, that's where, uh, you make your money. But when they spend that all throughout the rest of the year, then it gets real tight this time of year when I can basically guarantee them 30 to 35 hours a week. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So as a leader, it's really easy to look at them and blame them for how they handle their money or for not planning right or there's too short term or whatever. What I would love to see you do is to offer solutions and opportunities for them. One of those may be a, I want to call a staff, like an all team meeting. We're going to have dinner and we're just going to talk through some things. I'm going to give y'all an opportunity to be heard. Like what's going on in your hearts and minds. We've had a crazy 24 months. I may be missing something. Y'all may be like, walk me through what your life has been like. Give them an opportunity to fill out like a questionnaire or to raise their hands and just listen. And you can tell, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen tonight and I'm going to pay for dinner. I'm going to pay y'all for the two hours you're here. Like, tell me what's going on in your world. And then from that conversation, you might get, um, here is like, if you work 60 hours, these four months and you work 35 hours, these other eight months, your total at the end of the year is $45,000. Mm-hmm. here's how we can, here's like Ramsey's, uh, the company I work for has a, a, a money tool for businesses just like that. They just help people over the arc of a year in there with their smart dollar product, right? It's an HR product. Is there a product you can help with? Or is there a, I'm going to teach budgeting classes on the weekend, or I'm going to also create another, does anybody have another idea for a business in the off months and listen to those customers? I'll pay a thousand dollars 
in cash for the person who comes up with the uh, the new opportunity for the offseason. Is that you? But you're bringing them along, and suddenly they've got purpose. They're a part of this thing. They're not just carpet cleaners. Yeah. And for you, this is a family business. This is third generation. I've always wanted to do this thing. You've got to understand they don't have that investment right now. And I'll blame you, the leader. You got to give them that investment. So, so then, so the other wrinkle being, I mean, I'm just for lack of a better word, term, word or whatever, um, just more so middle management. So I got my, my dad and uncle are co-owners uh-huh. and they're the operations there. And I feel like I'm in a, uh, sometimes in a cycle of like asking for kind of a vision and a leadership and or not leadership, but just a vision of like where we're going mm-hmm. or like, when is the transition? Like how, what does that look like? All that kind of stuff. And it leads to frustration. And then, I mean, obviously I bring that home, yeah. you know, home life and all that kind of stuff. So that w- when you ask for those questions, they just won't answer you or they say, I'll talk about well, it later. It's one of those things. It's like, it, yeah, it's not the most pressing issue. How much um, do you make a year? Me? Yeah, um, what, I made, what's your take home? My take home is this year going to be 75. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. And this is going to sound bonkers. Okay. I want you just to, for the first time, maybe in your life, I want you to survey your area where you live and see how many jobs are between sixty and $80,000 for a GM of a successful carpet company, cleaning company. Is there other service-oriented jobs? And here's why I'm telling you that. Your family is not worth this. Your heart and soul is not worth this. And if you've got two family member owners who won't tell you what the future is going to look like, won't catch the vision and won't let you do that, what I'm going to tell you is you're going to end up bitter and exhausted and chasing people. And you're going to end up cleaning the carpet at 2 a.m. because you got no workers and you're going to have no say on anything. And your family isn't worth that. And you are worth more than that. And I'm not telling you to leave. I'm telling you. Right now, you're starting to, I can hear it in you. You're starting to feel trapped. And when we get trapped, we make dumb decisions. Yeah, we do. That's when we respond to that girl's text. That's when we have one too many drinks and we get in a car. Or we just do stupid stuff. That's when we yell at our wife or our kids and we didn't mean to. That's when we just do dumb. We go buy a car that we don't need. We just do dumb stuff. Am I on the right track? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I haven't, thankfully, haven't gotten to that point where I've done dumb stuff, but I feel like I've been in this cycle of... You're on the road, that's right. trapped, but every six months or so, I sit down with my dad, and it's like, that pent up frustrations, and yes, we handle things when they're at an eight or a nine, rather than dealing with things when they're at a one or a two. Now, dude, the fact that you have that language is incredible. So the goal now is this. I want you to have... I want you just to survey the area and not feel trapped. You might look around and be like, dude, the highest paying job is $41,000 and that's it. Like I'm kind of in this job. My guess is with your experience and your character and your drive, there's going to be some opportunities for you, especially now, right now, especially in the service sector. I want you to get look around. And I know this has been your lifelong dream and it may be your lifelong career and it may not. So I want you to at least go look. And when you have some, huh, there's an opportunity over there that might be kind of awesome. And they're going to give me full reign. And I'm going to make $140,000 a year. I'm going to have to work like crazy. 
but I'll get to make some leadership decisions. I'll get to honor some of these people. I'll get to have conversations about dollars per hour and whatever. My life would be better. That's when you sit down with your old man and you say, here's how this is about to go. I'm going to leave or this. And then he gets to make grown-up boundary decisions. But right now he's acting like a child and he's treating you like he's <laughs> like you still live in his house. Like you're a child and you're not. You're a grown man with your own family. And I still think you get all of your people together. You pay them for two hours and you serve them dinner and you say, I just want to take a state of the union. How is everybody? And as a general manager, you're allowed to do that. And if your father or uncle say, you're not, you're not having dinner with those, that, that crew, they're just the workers, then you quit. You go find another job because that tells you all you need to know. There's no way they're going to do that. But I think you sit down and listen to your team. And you begin to paint a vision of, y'all, we're not just cleaning carpets. We're helping families. We're helping people save their home. We are helping fill in the blank. We're taking care of people. We have a purpose. And y'all are a part of that purpose. And by the way, anybody comes up with an off-season business, cash. I'll give you cash. And now, man, people aren't going to leave on two days' notice. I want you to take that guy out, though, also. Take that guy out for coffee and just be like, all right, brother, let's go grab a beer and say, where are we at, man? Where are we at? What happened? What happened? How can I be better? Thanks for the call, Jace. You're awesome, brother. All right, uh, as we wrap up today's show, man, I asked my son this morning, hey, Hank, what's your favorite song? You get song of the day today on the show. <laughs> he picked the sixth single that went number one for the one and only G, Garth Brooks. Nothing like an 11-year-old telling you his favorite song is Thunder Rolls by the guy cheating on his wife. Man, whenever you think, I should send in my application for Dad of the Year, my son comes through. Here's the son, the song my 11-year-old son, son picked. It goes like this. 3.30 in the morning, not a soul in sight, and the city's looking like a ghost town on a moonless summer night. Rain drops on the windshield. There's a storm moving in. He's heading back from somewhere that he never should have been. And the thunder rolls. And every light's burning in a house across town. She's pacing by the telephone in her faded flannel gown. Asking for a miracle, hoping she's not right. Praying it's the weather that's kept him out tonight. And the thunder rolls. She's waiting by the window and he pulls into the drive and she rushes up to hold him. Thankful he's alive, but on the wind and rain, a strange new perfume blows. And the lightning flashes in her eyes and he knows that she knows. And the thunder rolls. And this is not a song for 11-year-olds. Right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show.